Welcome to the self-love revolution. I'm Ashley, a mental health therapist and self-love coach, and I'm here to simplify self-love and share how it's possible for any woman. All right, welcome to the self-love revolution podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest here today. Thank you for being here, Chelsea. Well, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, Ashley, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for us to dive into this and talking about self-worth because that's what I do. That's my calling. That's my passion. I help women. I equip them to believe that they are worthy and they are enough to live the life that they want for themselves. Because at that point, that's when it happens, right? It's not ha- mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily happen when we accumulate all the things. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me as far as what I do professionally. And then um, personally, I'm a mom of two. I have a seven and five and a half year old. That's very important uh-huh. to add the half part. Uh, I have a husband. We've been married uh, for 10 years. And yeah, so that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. That's amazing. I just love what you do. There's so many women out there who don't believe in themselves. And what you do is so important. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And yes, I completely agree with you. And I was I was definitely one of them. So I am no stranger of my own work. I am definitely on the receptive end of everything I coach and teach others how to how to heal and to change their belief system. I've I've done all the work myself. So I've been digging in the dirt for a while now. Yeah. It's hard work, but it is so worth it. (laughs) It is. Absolutely. For those who might not like completely understand what self-worth is, can you kind of explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So according to Webster, self-worth is, it refers to a sense of one's own value. And to me, I consider that, you know, knowing deep down that you are enough. You are loved, you are necessary, you are important, you are valued, and that your presence alone is enough in this world. You know, you don't have to prove your to prove yourself. You don't have to strive or to force things or to do certain things, to say the right things in order to get there. You've already arrived. And and, and so we were all born worthy of ourselves and believing in ourselves. And we forget that along the way. So Mm -hmm. self-worth is getting back to that place where we feel whole and grounded within ourselves. And I will add that self-worth and self-esteem are used interchangeably. So they're kind of one and the same, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good connection because a lot of people don't put those together. Um, So yeah, I love that. just being, like you said, being grounded in yourself um, and that, you know, we don't have to earn our self-worth, which I think a lot of women need to hear that we don't have to earn that. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. A lot of women, we need to hear a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> we, need to, we need to know and, and more so remember and believe certain things about about ourselves when it comes to, you know, self-worth and believing in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also know that a lot of women kind of link body image with self-esteem and self-worth. 
So how do you think those are connected? Like how does your self-worth affect your body image? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great question. And so self-worth and body image, they directly influence each other. So to break it down even more, body image is the mental picture you have of your own body. And it's also how you see yourself when you look in the mirror. So it's, it's, it's a multi-layered definition, if you will. And so when someone doesn't like their body, they may not feel good about themselves or, you know, even take care of themselves. And so I know for me, for example, um, I struggled with acne and in particular cystic acne for, gosh, such a long time. Most of my middle school and high school years, I and even into college a little bit. And so because I had cystic acne, I would beat myself up and feel like I was flawed and that something was at my core, something was wrong with me. And so then therefore I wouldn't wash my face and I wouldn't do, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take care of my skin. I, you know, wouldn't invest in my skin to make it healthier. And then that continued the cycle of the negative self-talk and beating myself up. And it was the cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's how body image and self-worth directly influence each other. Yes. Yeah, that cycle that just keeps it going. Like, I think that's how it is with a lot of things with self-worth. You know, we don't like something, but then we don't do anything. So then it continues and we keep having these thoughts. And until we break that cycle, it won't stop. Exactly. And the irony is that cycle is going to continue until we dig deep enough to understand the root of where it's coming from and what is going on. Because for me, there was a reason why I was looking at myself in the mirror and and beating myself up. There was a belief about myself that I had at, at my core, you know, and that I know now that acne was a physical manifestation of the limiting belief that I had about myself. And so that cycle is going to continue until we, you know, do the work to dig deep enough and then we choose to respond differently. Yeah. How does, this is not in our notes, but how does limiting beliefs um, feed into self-worth? And is there a way to break that? Oh my gosh, such a good Question, Ashley. Okay. So a little bit about me. I am a huge advocate for breaking things down as simple as possible uh, and trying not to yes. use a whole bunch of big words. <laughs> yes, me too. Let's see. Let's Let's break this down. So when we're born, as I alluded to earlier, you know, we are born whole and, and worthy, right? It's you know, it's who we are. It's who we're just, we're worthy because we're here and because of, you know, that's, that's the essence of our creation. And so then we go around and life happens. We, you know, uh, another toddler doesn't share with us or we don't get picked for a basketball team or we get picked on in middle school or acne shows up, or maybe we start gaining weight you know, when we're younger, 
Or maybe like one of my clients, her mom used to really harp on her about her weight and her eating. And so at a very young age, that started an unhealthy relationship with food. And Mm -hmm. she's been struggling with that since she was a child, right? So we go around and these things happen to us. And I look at it as we are picking up sticks, you know, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, whether we pick them up or maybe somebody hands us a stick, like a stick in the mm-hmm. stick in the backyard, right? And so we walk around with these sticks and we have a lot of them. And the longer we hold on to these sticks, the more a part of us they become, essentially. And those sticks, they start out as, you know, maybe an opinion that somebody else has. Maybe it's a negative thought that we have about ourselves. And then we hang on to it for so long that that stick goes from a thought or an opinion to part of us. And so now we become not only the person as whole, just as we are, to become to becoming a person with carrying around a whole bunch of sticks. And I'm hoping that this analogy is making sense. And so it's hard to, it's hard to believe and get to that core. Remember who you are as, as that value necessary, important person when you have all these sticks that you're carrying around, right? Because it's making you heavier. It's, it's, weighing you down, you know, maybe it's, it's getting tiring, whether we realize it or not, you know, all of these things start happening. And so that's how limiting beliefs tie into self-worth because they get in the way of ourselves seeing who we really are. When we start believing and trusting more in the sticks, then when we didn't have them, we start feeling it becomes more comfortable, even though the sticks are heavy per mm-hmm. se, or maybe they're pointy mm-hmm. and they're hurting us, right? Yeah. All of these things, these limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and maybe hurting us, at the same time, it's familiar and it's safe and what's we and it's what we know and it's what we resort to. And there is an element of comfort there. Yeah. I uh, yeah. That's a perfect analogy. I think that's why a lot of people don't change because they're so comfortable with the sticks. Yes, yes, yes. You are so right. And it's not just from a, you know, from from a conscious level, it goes deeper than that because, you know, there's whole, there's the whole inner working of the mind and how the body phys- physiologically responds to us holding these sticks per se. So it's not simply, you know, a choice of, hey, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and drop the sticks. You know what I mean? There's a whole understanding and rewiring of the mind and releasing of this negative, this negativity that the sticks has, has caused. Right. And so it goes so much deeper. So it's, yeah, it's hard, but it's possible. It is so possible. I'm living proof of it. My clients are living proof of it Mm -hmm. that no matter for your audience, no matter how long they've been beating themselves up, maybe for their weight, for their cellulite, for their acne, you know, maybe it's a scar that they have or, um, you know, maybe they're an amputee. You know what I mean? Like whatever, yeah. whatever it is, no longer, 
no long no matter how long they have been beating themselves up or looking in them looking in the mirror feeling disgusted with themselves change is possible and change is yeah. doable yes yes i hope you guys all hear that like change is possible no matter where you've been no matter where you are change is possible and if you guys take one thing away from this let it be that like you you can change so absolutely and one thing I would like to add on to what you said Ashley is that even though we may have been carrying around these sticks you know all of our insecurities all of our negative thoughts all of our you know um the rejection that we've experienced because of our body image, you know, other people's opinions or words, whatever it is that your sticks, your pile of sticks looks like. No matter how long you've been carrying it around, those sticks cannot become so much a part of you that they replace who you are. They do not become you. Yes, you can carry them around for a really long time and you get used to carrying them around for a really long time. And so there's an element of safety and comfortability in that, like I said, at the same time, know that those sticks cannot become you. So they're Mm -hmm. no matter what, no matter how long you've been believing that you're fat or you're ugly or you're not, you know, you're not good enough because you look a certain way, you know, maybe it's the color of your skin. That's not, there's still a degree of separation between those thoughts about yourself and who you are. Those thoughts cannot fully become you as much Mm -hmm. as a part of you as they can feel. Yeah, they aren't you. I think that limiting beliefs are, or the sticks, are a huge part of why women struggle with self-worth. But are there other, like, reasons why women struggle with self-worth? Yes, definitely. Definitely. There, when it comes to self-worth, everybody's journey is unique and different. You know, what brought me to believing that I wasn't good enough is different than the next person. And so those things that can bring us to this place, they can include, gosh, let's see. I mean, first of all, your past and how you were raised. You know, like I mentioned my client with her mom and how her mom was speaking to her. Maybe it's not even... I just got a huge verse, ver, like wave of emotion coming out of it. I'm getting tears in my eyes, but maybe it's not even that your mom was directly, you know, saying something about you. Maybe she was saying something about herself. And so you yeah. grew up watching your mom beat herself up in the mirror and tear herself down or maybe make choices that were not, they were more of self-hatred to the body than self-love. And so your past can definitely play a huge part in it. Our society, I mean, let's just Mm -hmm. be real. Like we (laughs) do not have to go very far to find evidence of why we aren't enough, of why we aren't beautiful, Mm -hmm. of all of these things. And yes, you know, commercials and media in general is doing a better job of representing you know the real natural bodies as well as diversity which is which is wonderful however that stigma that that they created you know 
is there. It doesn't just go away because they start popping up commercials. I mean, it helps for the younger generation, right? But what about the ones who, you know, like I have some black female friends and they, they did not grow up, you know, watching other black females on TV. And, and, and that that's traumatic. That's a scar mm-hmm. for them. You know what I mean? That's a wound. And yeah. so you can't just, you can't just replace that. And so there are, I mean, there's, you know, external validation and comparison and social media and yeah, so many things. And then, you know, even the stories that we tell ourselves of, I can't go after this job because I'm a, you know, I'm a larger woman, you know, I can't, I can't do this because, you know, I'm, I'm not white. I'm not you know, I'm not blonde or, you know, something like that, but those are all stories that we tell ourselves. So those are just some examples of other things that can impact us. Yeah, there's so much. And I think, you know, our thoughts and our past, they all come together to create these things. And um, for someone who is really struggling with that, like, how can they start to find their self-worth? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I recommend getting honest with yourself, being real, because we cannot change what we don't face. And so just as if, you know, I continued beating myself up, whether it be about acne, or now, you know, that that I'm a mom of two, and you know, I'm starting to get crow lines and, and, you know, cellulite and, you know, all those fun things, like whether it's acne (laughs) or something else, right? The limiting beliefs can still, they can translate from one thing to another because it's going, like I said, that cycle is going to continue. It's going to continue to physically be manifested. And so to break the cycle, to get honest with yourself, like what do you feel bad about yourself? Do you, what do you not like about yourself when it comes to how you look? Is it, is it your skin color? You know, your size, your shape? Is it like, what is it? And then at the same time, what do you like about yourself? Do you like your eyebrows? Do you like your toes? You know, do you like your legs? You know, what do you, what do you like and not like? And, and just that awareness alone, you know, so often we stay in these thought spirals, as I call them, because we just, we continue to think the same things each and every day. And we, we don't even take time to pause and be like, what, what have I been thinking for three days? You know what I mean? That's, that's causing me to feel that way. And so, you know, what do you, what do you feel bad about yourself? What do you like about yourself? And then just jot those things down start small even because I know that this exercise can be hard for some women to even admit that they like one thing about themselves. And so just as much as you can jot down and as much judgment as you can remove from this, the better. And then, and then once you jot down where you currently are, then acknowledge how do you want to feel about yourself? How do you want to feel about your arms or your body shape or the color of your skin? You know, how do you want to feel about yourself? And in this exercise, you've just to find where you currently are and where you're going, where you want to go. And 
Yeah. So then it's about, you know, getting from A to A to Z or A to B, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. where it that's what I would recommend is is where yeah. to start is just that acknowledgement and that awareness. Yeah. And like you said, like knowing where you want to go, like how do you want to feel? How do you want to act? Like where do you want to be? I think knowing that too, you know, is huge in the process. Absolutely. Because isn't it so much easier to sit in this place of where you are, of hating yourself, right? Hating yourself is not going to get you to loving yourself. Yeah. So even, you know, acknowledging you don't have to know how you're going to get there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just just acknowledging it starts the process of putting down the sticks. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's so awesome. Um, are there any like books or podcasts that you recommend or that have helped you along the way? Yes. So there are a few that I want to share with you. So the first one is the Gift of Self-Love Workbook by Mary. Oh, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> Jelofsky, maybe. Um, and right. we can put all of this in the, in the show notes. But yeah. she also has a podcast. It's called Mary's Cup of Tea. And I, I've done this work. And so you know, from my perspective, when I, when I did this workbook, I saw, I could see how beneficial it would be. And so that's why I recommend it. It is, it is really good. So it's called the gift of self-love. It's a workbook. And I told you about her podcast. And then the other one is a lady by the name of Danae Mercer. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I, don't know if anybody has ever heard of her. She is a journalist and she's just a really big advocate for self-love when it comes to body image in particular. And because of her her career and, and, and seeing celebrities and things like that, she just has a really interesting take on it. Like one of her segments every week is the things that she has discovered that are fake. And mm-hmm. so she shows how people take their their chin and make it slimmer, you know, digitally. Um, and then she'll also show how celebrities pose for their sexy for their sexy pictures. And so she, you know, will start off. You see her, you know, maybe her cellulite and stuff like that, and her hips and stuff like that. But then she does this pose, and so you can see how it transforms. And so. It just, I don't know. So good. I absolutely love her stuff. So I would recommend that. Yeah, for sure. I love her stuff too. It's so crazy. The stuff that I had, like, I had no idea what other people did in their photos. Right. Because at least for me, you know, when I take a picture of myself to get on Photoshop or some other editing tool and start slicing away at (laughs) and making my jaw, you know, more narrowed or whatever it is, you know. And so to see the behind the scenes from her perspective of what she knows is just really interesting to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, Kim Kardashian, you know. God love her for doing her thing, right? But maybe she didn't look like that when she woke up. Maybe, you know, (laughs) other things went into it, for example. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, 
what about a favorite, um, any favorite quotes? Um, just to kind of close this out, any favorite sayings or quotes that you have? Mm, mm, yes, my favorite quote is, or one of them, I should say, is by Maya Angelou. And she said, I learned a long time ago, the wisest thing I can do is be on my own side. And for me, that just, that speaks volumes because yeah. at a place six years ago, I was not on my own side. I didn't even know what that meant, right? And so coming from somebody like her, when she said it in that way, I was like, oh, I'm definitely not on my own side. And what does that even look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and then something else I would like to add is just from my personal journey is the revelation for me, the thing that helped me really start breaking cycles was to realize that nothing was wrong with me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend both of those. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people that, you know, don't believe these things right now, like that nothing is wrong with them, I would encourage you guys to continue telling yourself that and continue working on yourself because the more you say it to yourself and the more you work on yourself, the more you'll believe it. Hmm. So just believe that and believe that you can change, that you can believe in yourself and that you can love yourself. That's great Thank you so much for being here um, and for sharing all this. This was amazing. So thank you so much for your wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Self-Love Revolution podcast. Make sure you subscribe and visit selflovevolutionpodcast.com for more resources. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for joining me, Ashley, in this episode of the Self-Love Revolution podcast. I'll see you next time.